Buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Time now for Rocky Jordan, brought to you today by Del Monte Tomato Products. Not far from the Mosque Sultan Hassan in Cairo stands the Cafe Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. The Cafe Tambourine, crowded with forgotten men, alive with the babble of many languages. For this is Cairo, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against the backdrop of antiquity. Del Monte presents Rocky Jordan, and this week's story, The Nile Runs High. Winter and summer come to Egypt like any other land, but there's only one other season of the year, and the most important of the three. It comes as the great river Nile rises to overflow its banks in late September, bringing new fertility and life to this strange land. The Nile season is a time for rejoicing and festivities. I was out in the morning to watch the myriad white sailboats sporting on the river. I wandered alone, away from the holiday crowd, south past the Ismail Bridge. Finally, just as I decided it was time to get back to the tambourine, a white-sailed scow caught my eye moving away from the other boats and seemingly out of hand. It heeled into the wind, then a breeze swung it directly toward shore, and it kept coming till it floundered aground. A voice moved me into action. Help me in the name of Allah. Help me. I splashed out into the shallow water and in a few seconds climbed onto the listing deck. I ducked under the boom toward where a man lay helpless across the tiller. He wore the blue robes of the fellahin, and they were splotched with red. Oh, my offender. My good offender. Easy, fella. You're hurt bad. What's it all about? I did my best. Tell my master that Shufa did his best. It looks like a bullet wound. Who did it? I, I do not know. They were in another boat. All right, now we got to get help. No, no, there is no time. Take it back now. Quickly, offender. Take what back? What do you mean? They... There, below. Take it back. Shufa was pointing frantically to the open hatch, so I hurried over and down to the small cabin. It was loaded with miniature bales of cotton. I touched one and found that it was wet. But what interested me was the man on deck, so I got back to him. But too late. Shufa had rolled over on the deck, face up. Dead now from the bullet wound in his chest. Well, it wasn't a pleasant way to start the day. Throw a piece of sail over the pathetic figure and dropped an anchor to secure the boat where it was. I scratched around a little but found no papers to identify the boat. All I could find was its name painted on the side, the Water Nymph. After that, I waded ashore and about three blocks up the hill, I found a phone booth outside a little market. Police headquarters, have I speaking? Hello, Sam. It's Rocky. Jordan, why are you not out celebrating with the rest? The Nile runs high. This is not Just listen, for... Sam. I got a report. I do not like the sound of your voice, Jordan. Neither do I. But here it is. There's a sail scow near the foot of Sharia Bendur, grounded a little offshore. Indeed. But how should that interest me? A couple of things, maybe. For one, a load of cotton. Most uninteresting. What else? You'll find a man lying on deck. 
shot to death. So that is it. Jordan, why is it that always you are the one? All the questions, Sam. Give you all I know when I show up. Very well, Jordan. You will wait for me there. I opened the door to leave, and I got a lot of help. Uh Powerful brawny arm reached in and dragged me out where I got a real close-up of a black beard and red eyes. It was my move, but just then a very wiry little character closed in from behind. We will talk, Inglésia. Do with somebody else, Buster. Shadrach is the man of danger. Jabba speaks wisely. To the alley now, swiftly. They had to work for it, but they each held an arm, and pretty soon they dragged me halfway down the hill, around a corner, and pinned me up against a trash barrel. Again, the one called Shadrach was blowing his breath in my face. We will talk here, Inglésia. All right, start saying something. You made the phone call. Who was it with? I got the wrong number. <clears throat> Shadrach is a man of impatience. As Jabba says, you were seen to board the boat on the river. Tell us what you saw there. A little cotton? Dead man? Maybe you killed? <clears throat> Shadrach is a man of danger. Perhaps the knife will loosen your tongue. Uh, use it and see what you find out. Speak now. What the dead man told you and what you have told others. If I don't... Then, Inglésie... You will quickly join the unfortunate boatman. Wait, Shadrach. Look who comes. Then we saw them, all five of them, as they swept into the alley, their dirty white robes flapping in the wind. In the lead came a wild-eyed tribesman waving a sword with a double blade. Shadrach and his buddy froze for a split second, and just before they ran, they slammed me headfirst at the feet of the onrushing pack. Jolt knocked the wind out of me, and somebody's boot behind my left ear did the rest. And that was all. When I opened my eyes, I saw bare sandstone walls and light coming in a high window. The rest I saw made me sure I was dreaming. But the soft hand stroking my cheeks was still there, so I looked again. The face bending over me was beautiful but expressionless. She was dark, but not too slender. The only sign she was human was the throbbing at her temples until she spoke. You need not fear. We are both quite safe. Oh, are we, lady? What happened to all the little men? They do not matter now. They brought you here. Now we are alone. Yeah. Real cozy. Oh, lie quietly. And yesterday, yesterday he came to me and the things he said. Tell us. He was useless, he said. And I was. And I was the reason for his being useless. I was a crutch. And without me, he would be something. A man, he said. As if he wasn't already. Go on, Miss Martin. He came to my house to kill me. He explained it to me very logically. Listen, I I told you I loved him, didn't I? I told you that. I loved him. I said to him, if you need to do that, Philip, go ahead. He took out a gun. He stared at me. He started to weep. I held him. I comforted him. I sent him away. Then why did you kill him? I reasoned with myself. By the time he came back to me to apologize, I had it all figured out. Something had happened to him. He had wanted to kill me. He honestly did. You mean your feelings were hurt, huh? No. Then what? When we walked through the park, later when we sat in the moored rowboat, he said over and over again how sorry he was, that he wished he were dead, but didn't have courage to kill himself. He wasn't man enough. Go on. He was like a little child. I couldn't look in his eyes. So I waited till he turned around, and I shot him in the back. Where are your things, Miss Martin? I'll get them. You understand, don't you? What? It's what Philip wanted, anyhow. 
to die. I loved him, so I killed him. Anyone can understand that. There's a time on Broadway when the crowd gives up, goes home. The lights buzz fitfully, die. Then it's a street of dim moonlight and dark whispers and the wind of the summer night. The wind that scatters everything. Yesterday's headlines. Yesterday's dream. Yesterday's people. It's Broadway. The gaudiest. The most violent. The lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway, my beat. Broadway's My Beat stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover, with Charles Calvert as Tartaglia and Jack Crucian as Mugovan. The program was transcribed and directed by Elliot Lewis, with musical score composed and conducted by Alexander Courage. In tonight's story, Charlotte Lawrence was heard as Anne. Featured in the cast were Mary Shipp, Harry Bartell, Ben Wright, and Lou Merrill. Bill Anders speaking. Remember, it's Merry and Magic, The Wizard of Oz, starring Walter O'Keefe weekdays on the CBS Radio Network. Lonesomest Monster. I beat with Larry Thor as... The days of... And it started all over. Just the time card. Smile at the bottom of the end table when you come home. But the main chunk of dream is still there. That eddy of crowd, or that one. The yellow hair sees your smile, and it's happened. But no dreams for us all faster and thrown away. This abandoned. Seen now for two men at... You're not going to take me, Copper. I'm coming up after you. I got a gun. I'm going to use it, Copper. Just listen for a moment. Then walk toward me with your hands up. It's Copper. (laughs) 
come on. Uh, yeah, we'll try another one, Danny. Uh, yeah, that one's it up. Yeah, come on. It's my day for helping. Let me help you. No. Oh, you don't have to be a hero. You don't have to stand up. Leave me alone, will you? Good. Brings me really funny. Well, don't let it worry you. There's an off-points bulletin out on him, Danny. We'll get him. Won't take long. Make you feel better? Yeah, real funny. Yeah. The lady recognized him when he came out of the alley with a gun as the neighborhood drunk and everything. I should have had him. I'll give him ten minutes in here and lost him. Oh, forget it. Danny? Oh, come on in, son. Oh, my, my. My, my. What do you do, Danny? No, thanks. You called Mrs. T, who prescribed a fair yard of plaid uh, wool. Oh, Gino, what's... What can't to know, there have been no reports on Herbie Lennon. Well, that's what I wanted to know. Just whom Herb Lennon is alleged. <coughs> Deceased name, Joseph Patey. 45 years old, yeah. address 1212 East 40. Good neighborhood. Death instantaneous from 38 caliber bullet fired from up close. Site of the alley between his apartment house no. and East 47. Mm. Right. Preliminary investigation shows the following. The deceased Joseph Brady was well-to-do, living off of royalties from a gag, living off of royalties from a gag, bottle opener for the bar trade and home use, which he did invent about five years ago. Any connection to... None, Danny, as far as known as... None, Danny, as far as known as... Danny Clover speaking. This is Herbie Lennon. Where are you, Herbie? Where are you, Herbie? Subway phone booth. 34th and Lexington. I'll wait for you, copper. And I'll talk to you. You'd better hurry before I change my mind. I'll be right there. I'll leave the recipe. I'll leave the recipe. Remember, I heard too. You. You missed it. Herb Lennon. Come on, Herb. Yeah. Come on, Herb. Let's get out of here, Herb. It hurt when I brained you? Yeah, it hurt. Yeah, you passed out. Uh-huh. The same like me. It gets too big to handle, I pass out. You gonna listen to me? What? You'll listen, maybe, but you won't believe me. Tell me. I know. Believe me. Tell me. I know you're not gonna believe me. I'll tell you anyhow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I tapped you on your skull. It wasn't right. I shouldn't have done that. I I'll was... Please, there, sir. Wait, will you? For what? I don't know. Just... Just wait a minute. All right. Well, Herbert, I'm drunk. But you wait till that, can't you? Come on. No, no, wait. I'm not drunk. Something's about my type drunk. Maybe. Wait. Didn't I tell you? What, didn't I tell you? What stand the kind of drunk I am? Said I'm lucky. Sometimes in between. I, I do kill. I black out, and people tell me it gets big screams in the neighborhood. That they right in the middle. I, and I say to myself. And I say to myself, who in here, Herb? Who is... And another thing, who are you, Herb? It's like last night. That was once like last night. That was one of those sometimes. Some, this guy dead by my feet. A, a guy out of nowhere. Joe Brady. This guy dead by my feet. man you shot. A guy out of nowhere. man you shot. A guy out of nowhere. man you shot. And a thing dead at your feet. And a thing dead at your feet. Closes in on you, you know? And you, you get the memes and you run. Something gets in the way like you did. Come on, Herb. Let's go book you for murder. You didn't understand the word I said, did you, mister? You didn't understand. I'm just a drunk. No killer. 
All those things people scream laughing over what I did. Not once was it I hurt somebody. I don't hurt nobody. I got enough of my own to last me a billion years, so why go looking to hurt somebody? Kill somebody? I'm a nothing to... I did that mistake. I killed? Come on, Herb. And up the subway stairs and into another pattern of roar and chill and winter shadows. January day splayed against stone, against pavement, against the crowd. And the woman who slows for a moment considers you, considers the man at your side, smiles the knowing winter smile, the secret winter smile. And Herbie's mouth shapes an emotion about her, and her step quickens, flight into crowd. The squad car then push Herb into a ride drifting day. And it becomes headquarters and the booking of Herb Lennon for suspicion of murder. And upstairs now, in the corridor to your office, and a desk to pass. Danny? Yeah, I know, Gino, the poultice. I'll do So it. quick to jump the false presumptions, Danny, I am surprised at you. Not the poultice? Your health and the lumps that go with it is a private affair after all. Then what? Under your very nose, on my desk, a tumbler full fresh camellias. And this is your comment? Well, they're very nice, Gino. Now, uh, And how it I... comes to pass that a sergeant is be desked with a tumbler full fresh camellias... This does not occur to you to ask? All right, Gino, how come? Given to me out of the blue, by visitor, a doll, a charmer, a lady of refinement and sensitivity, who even now waits for you in your office. For you, there was a bachelor button which I have laid neatly across Who your... is she? What does she want? Party by the name Miss Sally Carr. What she wants is a thing meant to murder Joe Brady. And I tell you, Danny, if it were not that my eyes are already fastened on a certain Mrs. Tartaglia, eh, this kindly lady... Steady, would... Gino. Hi, Danny. Miss Carr? It was the sergeant's whim to lay your flower, the one I brought you across your calendar. He said it would sweeten your day. I thought it so delicate of him, and I didn't he have... He said a... it was about Joe Brady. May I place the flower in your buttonhole, Mr. Clover? It's what it was meant for. What about Joe Brady, Miss Carr? Him? Oh, very simple. Something I believe you should know about him. What? That I killed him. It does seem a little shocking, doesn't it? But I did. I really did. I took a gun, and I shot him, and I killed him. There now, Mr. Clover. How nice you look. You are listening to Broadway's My Beat, written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin, and starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. When you hear or read about foreign propaganda against the American economic system, do you just feel resentment, or can you answer the charges in your own mind with facts? It's true, our system has faults. It also has provisions for constant improvement, and our high production of goods and services has gone hand in hand with the preservation of our basic freedoms. Understanding our system ourselves is the first step towards combating propaganda against it. The new year has doled out only so many of its nighttimes, and Broadway has already used them, drained their moonfall, their trumpetings, their whisper. The long nighttimes, quick surge, quick ebb of nighttimes, and a new one coming up, 
and take your place in line. Wait for the new falling of darkness. Wait the change of price. And it will come like other Broadway darknesses. Explosion, laughter, shock. In the corridor where now walks solitude, wait. At edge of neon dream, wait. Soon there is night. And in the office at headquarters, gray flow of winter twilight and the twilight woman who had brought camellias for a sergeant's desk, who had placed a flower in your lapel, who had confessed to murder. Such a restful time. Such a lovely time. What? The close of day, Mr. Clover. When there's stillness and so much that's beautiful. And so many sweet thoughts crowding in to be heard. Miss Carr. And the planning of kindnesses. Such a delicious, wonderful time of day. Though I must confess... I know, but you killed Oh, that... No. No, my other confession. That I hate darkness. I'm afraid of it. It's... It's silly, I know, but... I'm no longer a young girl, Mr. Clover. Forty-five, to be precise. And darkness... Let's get back to the murder of Joe Brady, shall we, Miss Carr? If you... He's dead. I found him shot and dying on your boat. That's most regrettable. I did not know, Mr. Jordan. But maybe you know what it's about, huh? No, no, these things happen. There has been discord among my workers. A personal matter, perhaps. Did Shufa say anything else, Mr. Jordan? No, only he was concerned about the cargo. All I could see was some small bales of cotton in the cabin. Ah, well, perhaps it explains part of it. Stealing cotton is nothing new, but a small loss. Oh, you have some left, then. Eh? <laughs> oh, excellent humor, Mr. Jordan. Come inside the warehouse, you shall see. Now, observe, Mr. Jordan. Premium Egyptian cotton ready for the world market. Yeah. You, uh... You keep it here long? No, no, it is already being moved. You see, the August harvest was over only three weeks ago, just ahead of the Nile season. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking. Eh? With so much cotton being moved and with boating events on the river, this would be a safe time to do a smuggling job inside the cotton bales. Perhaps. I would not know. Oh, by the way, have you been losing money in the cotton market? Uh, that is a most personal question, Mr. Jordan. Oh, forget it. Well, thanks for the deluxe tour, Malik Bay. Ah, a pleasure. You were most gracious to bring me the sad news of Shufa's death. He walked with me to my car and watched as I drove out to the main road. But I didn't go far. Just beyond the hill, I parked, took a heavy screwdriver from the car, got out and left the road, circling back. I'd noticed how Malik Bay kept steering me away from a certain padlocked door. I found an open entrance back of the warehouse, and it was just a few more steps to the door I wanted in. It isn't much of a trick to break a padlock, if you know how. You just insert the screwdriver, give it a twist, and that's all. I was inside a large room. In the dim light, I could see some vats and all sorts of equipment that didn't mean anything. But stacked along the wall, I saw what I wanted. Small bales of cotton like those I'd seen on the boat. Only these were dry. So we women can have our babies in hospitals. Oh. Now tell me something about Herbie Lennon. I'm glad you asked because now you'll know what kind of woman Sally is. Herbie is her pet problem and her pet charity. She closed him, has for as long as she's lived around here. Herbie's a drunk, but it don't make no difference to Sally. Gives him a quarter or a dollar. How long has Miss Carr lived around here? Oh, let's see now. 
about five years, I think. And let me tell you something, mister. If you think Sally Carr killed a man, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to court and say that she was with me at the time of the killing. She confessed it, Mrs. Taylor. Because she's Sally Carr. She's just covering for that sot, Herbie. Now you get out of here. I don't like what your mouth says about Sally Carr. Danny? Hey, I'm talking to you, Danny. So what do you want, Mugman? Why don't you take a rest and let me walk around the office for a while? Yeah, forget it. Forget it, he says. Look, I had as much grief as you did today. I talked to some of our neighbors, too. 37th Street formed a block committee and came down in protest. Oh? Yeah. Three of them said they were going to take the stand and swear Sally Carr was with them at the time. Yeah, of the... yeah, I know, I know. Right now, she's got her whole cell block singing spirituals of four-part harmony. Do you think she killed anybody, Danny? What do you think? This Mugovan, Tim. I'm calling for Lieutenant Clover. Release Sally Carr. Right. Right, Danny. Yeah. I'll meet her downstairs with a squad car. Take her home. And full squall of winter night now. And lightning-like storm of winter lights gleam refraction phosphorescence. Ride it. And at your side, the dainty woman, and thin-lipped and trembling her protests of guilt. I killed, and you're being very silly, quite childish about it. And the girls and me in our cell, how well we sang together. The never end of soliloquy on pitfalls of crime and etiquette of punishment. Until you escort her to her door, help her shrewdly with the mechanics of key into lock, and chains of water in vases of... Flowers, blossoms, were you lonely for me? And go home where quiet is and sleep. And morning at headquarters, morning in your office is a man from Brooklyn, man with identity. Stan, Stan Claimley. Claimley, got it, fella? Well, what can I do for you, Mr. Claimley? A deal. You talk deal, mister? What deal, Mr. Claimley? Last night in the paper in front of handicappers, I noticed picture. Certain lady you held for murder, then released... What about her? What about her is pleased to convey to me her home address, as if she is whom I think she is. This lady owes me for a plate glass window to my restaurant, to which she threw my blue plate special of that year. What? Also for the fixtures, which she and her boyfriend broke in a toothpicks at the time. My counselor will be very obliged to you. Proof is in the doing. Soon, at my bidding, the legions of the desert will arise. And I don't have to guess where the gun cotton comes in. Consider, if you will, the effect of a few bombs strategically placed at certain dams far to the south. Dams which control the flow of the river. You're making it sound pretty big. Egypt is the Nile. The Nile is Egypt. The economy of the land will be disrupted. There will be chaos. All you're doing, huh, El Cairo? That makes you king. As you say. And after wandering the desert as outcast these many centuries, my people return to the land that is rightfully theirs. And you're telling me because I don't get to see it, huh? Most truly spoken. Farada, you have the gun. At your command, my master. Then you will raise it quickly. El Cahira! Uh, who is without? It is the Baya Bay of the police. El Cahira! You are surrounded. The law charges you with murder and revolution. 
you come out peaceably? We will never yield! But my master, we have no choice. Enough! We will fight to the end! We are as not before destiny! Should we fail, another will arise! You have spoken, my master. My subjects, to the windows, fight to the death! Desert men turned and as Farad wavered, I saw my chance. I grabbed the gun from my hand and made for the open door. As I went out, it slammed behind me, and I kept running till I landed behind a watering trough where Sam Sabaya waited. Down, Jordan, quickly. Watch that man, Sam. He's wild. Efkahila, this is your last chance. There was no answer from inside. Sam motioned his men surrounding the building to stay covered. And that's how we waited in silence for what seemed like a long time. I had an idea what would happen. And all at once it came. Even though he dies, Elkahira lives forever! With the blast, a sheet of flame rose from the roof, and all at once the big warehouse caved into an inferno. Suddenly, they were all gone. Clover, what a pleasant surprise. And this gentleman must be a friend of yours. May I present Detective Margolin? Charmed, I'm real sure. And so am I. Come in, come in. I'm just having tea. Right in here. Oh, please, sit down. I'll pour. No tea for me, thanks. Me either. No tea? Miss well, Carr. Oh, I know. Dandelion wine. I have some in the closet. Uh, thanks, but we just had some. What? Do you know why we're here, Miss Kern? Why, of course. The time of the day. Calling time. We're old friends now. Guess again. Should I, Mr. Clover? Yeah. Well, let's see now. I'll give you a hint. Try murder. Oh, you've come to take me back. That's right. I told you all along. Well... You just wait, and I'll pack a few things. Well, let's just talk for a little while. How nice. Now, what the lieutenant wants to tell you is that you're not going to stand trial on the basis of your confession. Why, whatever do you mean? Well, if you'd stand trial on that basis, you'd get off. First of all, no jury would believe a sweet lady like you could kill a man. No motive. Secondly, all your neighbors, character witnesses. Some of them will even furnish you with an alibi. If you love people, they'll love you back. Just pay attention. The jury would say Sally Carr was covering for Herbie. Acquit Sally Carr. Sally Carr could never stand trial again for the murder of Joe Brady. The way you planned it, Hazel. Hazel? That's right. There's no Sally Carr. Your confession wouldn't even be legal. Your name is Hazel Thomas. Why, what are you talking about? We've talked to a lot of people, Hazel, including people from Brooklyn. Yeah, you've really left your mark on Brooklyn, Hazel. Matter of fact, if you'd paid a man for the plate glass window you kicked out, maybe we'd never have caught up with you. Fellows. Uh-huh. Why don't you give an old party an even chance? Like what? Give me a running start for that meat axe I got in the kitchen. <laughs> a laugher, huh? I'll show you! Let go of him. Let go. Take it easy, Hazel. You leave me alone with that slob for two more minutes. That scratch on his face will end at his toes. Give me a handkerchief, will you, Dan? Here. Hazel? Yeah? You killed Brady because he ran out on you, huh? Sure. Makes a gadget. He goes crazy. 
After all the times we had together. You don't know the times we had together. I heard. You can believe it, too. So you tracked him down and moved close by. Changed your name and your personality, too. Nurtured a drunk named Herbie. A drunk who blacked out. So when you finally got your old boyfriend in an alley and shot him, you could stick the gun in Herbie's hand. It took five years. But I paid off Brady. Ready, Hazel? You aren't gonna let me race you to the meat axe, huh? <laughs> sure. I'm ready. Let's go. Broadway's sleeping now. The furious avenue of the night is still. It stretches out in front of you, without beginning, without end. The dumping grounds of refuse and ashes and leftovers. The neon words are turned off, but look there, where the sidewalk meets the street. It's your name, written on water. It's Broadway, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway, my beat. Broadway's My Beat stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover, with Charles Calvert as Tartaglia and Jack Crucian as Mugovan. The program is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis, with musical score composed and conducted by Alexander Courage. In tonight's story, Paula Winslow was heard as Hazel. Featured in the cast were Martha Wentworth, Sidney Miller, Benny Rubin, and Paul Fries. Bill Anders speaking. We think you'll agree, daytime listening on CBS Radio Sundays is quite an experience. There's comedy with King Arthur Godfrey's Roundtable, and comedy sprinkled with surprises when the quiz kids strut their brainy stuff. There's distinguished music with the New York Philharmonic Symphony. Daytime listening on CBS Radio Sundays is, as we said, quite an experience. Stay tuned now for the Vaughn Monroe Show, which follows immediately over most of these same stations. America now listens to 105 million radio sets and listens most to the CBS radio network.
Broadway's My Beat, from Times Square to Columbus Circle, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway's My Beat, with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. One o'clock in the morning, night begins to slip out of Broadway's. Broadway stands bewildered, staring at its empty hands. Solitude whispers its invitation. And the derelicts of night run from it, beat on a door, plead for a refuge from the offered emptiness. But no door opens to them. At headquarters, you consider it through a grime-stained window. Turn away from it. Find on your desk a slip of paper that hadn't been there before. Homicide, it says. Central Park Lake. And Broadway has finally opened a door. The password, the violent dead. There's the lake and the facade of the city embracing it. There's a shadow covering a dead girl with its coat. 